Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Father, we're grateful unto you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power that is available to bless us. We know we are not going to leave this place the same. Your word is anointed to bless us. Amen. Psalm 13 verse 1. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Then I love verse 5. But I have trusted in thy mercy, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Praise the Lord. We are talking about the mercies of God, part five. We are considering some benefits of mercy, especially tonight. We'll be looking at preservation. Praise the Lord. The psalmist, David, was talking about a host of things. He was troubled that he was in a bad place. And the child of God can be in a bad place, you know, circumstantially. So in one of those episodes of his life, he said that God had to come through for him before the enemy looked like he's prevailed against the child of God. And... Uh, he said if God didn't come, he would sleep the sleep of death. It's a serious matter. And so, all this time, David was making his prayer and conversations with the Lord. Also having the enemy in mind. That, first of all, in verse 1 and 2, you see that he's saying that God should not forget him. And shouldn't hide his face from him. Why? And he was talking about how long he shall take counsel in his own soul. That's relying on his own strength. It's impossible for him to prevail or succeed by relying on his own ability. And he needed God to come through for him. We have to understand as human beings that there is an extent to which human abilities can take us. And David is exemplifying for us that even as a skillful warrior, great worshiper, a prophet and a priest, he came to his wit hands and realized that he couldn't rely on the decisions of his soul and 
the sorrows of his heart were overwhelming him, so the enemy was taking over. You know, there's a way that you build capacity that you believe that you'll be able to conquer the world. I'm telling you some things would defy some of the things we have built. And it's not out of the normal. It's not strange. So some things will defy your belief systems. Look, look at Brother Job. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. That's why when I hear people saying, when I get to heaven, I'll ask God questions. It's only heaven you can ask God those questions. That's if you even have those opportunities. But <laughs> there are many things that will beat our understanding. And we can only accept the sovereignty of God and uh, what God decides to do without consultations with any man. So you see that some of the things, eh, they over us. <laughs> it will over you. God have mercy. Look at verse 4. He said that, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. So some things will move you if God doesn't come through for you. But in all these things, you see David also making a very important point there that but regardless of all the troubles I am seeing, regardless of the things that are driving me crazy, I have trusted in thy mercy. One of the things that the child of God can bang his hopes on, his trust on, is the mercies of God. A day can come where you may not release your faith. But I'm telling you, there is no day that God will not dispense his mercy. Because they are new every morning. He sends them every day. They are consistently consistent. And something that is consistently consistent and potent at all times. You can bang your hopes and trust on the mercy of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have trusted in thy mercy. Now, if you trust in the mercy of man, man can change. But when God says he's showing you mercy, you can trust in it. Praise the Lord. So the message of God is one of the things we can trust for our joyful life here on earth. And look at what the scripture said. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. So one of the ways to rejoice in the salvation God has given us as children of God is to trust in the mercies of God for our lives. Praise the Lord. Trusting in God's mercy is one of the ways that will make you rejoice in salvation. So one of the benefits why we teach about the mercy of God is for you to rejoice in salvation. Now some people serve the Lord and they say that since they came to the Lord they have not had joy. Even when they were in the world it was better than since they came to church. Haven't you heard it before? Coming to Jesus makes you qualified for heaven. I mean, when you receive Jesus, you qualify. But to succeed, this earth eh, is a war zone. Is what? If you see what David is saying, 
enemies, sorrows, death. <laughs> you see that the world is full of different, it's a complex world. So even though having salvation as a child of God qualifies you to go to heaven, here on earth you may suffer if you don't know the appropriate tools to use as part of your appropriate tools in your redemptive package that you should deploy. And like we have said over and over again, you are not going to get it because you know it. You are going to get it because you are conscious about it and you activate them. Praise the Lord. So, one of the ways that you and I will rejoice in our salvation is to trust in the message of the Lord. You know, the Bible says we should trust in God. But the Bible allows us to trust in God's mercy. Praise the Lord. It's powerful. There are many things you put your trust in and they will fail. But the message of God don't fail. Praise the Lord. This year I'm praying that you will rejoice in your salvation. Yeah, because you see that some people really, they serve God, but there is nothing to rejoice for. Mercy guarantees a life of rejoicing for God's children. When you trust in the mercies of God, it makes the mercy be deployed into your life. And that will secure for you the pathway of rejoicing as a child of God in salvation. Because in salvation, some people are still suffering. But to rejoice from the many things David was just mentioning there, you need to trust in the mercies of God. Praise the Lord. And this year, I'm praying that because of the mercies of God, you shall rejoice. Yeah, in your education, you should rejoice. In your marriage, you should rejoice. You will rejoice in everything that salvation gives you. Shout a better amen. Very powerful. I want to rejoice this year. Yeah, it's a new year, and we have to rejoice. It's not, it's not to go through the year, and it's like, it's like any other year. No, there is the need to rejoice. Praise the Lord. And you can see that there is a direct connection between trusting in the mercy of God and rejoicing in your salvation. A direct connection. In Psalm 90 verse 14, that same connection is stated there. Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. So you see that the satisfaction of mercy will provoke the opportunity for the child of God to rejoice all the days of his life. Because if mercy blocks judgment from coming to you, then your realm is peaceful so you can rejoice. You can celebrate. You can enjoy your marriage. Enjoy your children. Enjoy your business. It's God talking to somebody. Satisfy us with thy mercy. Early. Early satisfaction. That we may rejoice all the days. We may be glad also. Rejoice and be glad. He's saying that when a man receives early satisfaction of mercy, that man will rejoice and be glad all the days of their lives. So, there is a clear distinction between rejoicing and being glad.
And these two are delivered to the child of God on the platform of mercy. Somebody can rejoice with you for something you have and they are not glad. They are not content inside. They are not happy inside. Rejoicing is Ghana's called go. You shouted. But you remember that there's no food in the house. So even though you are shouting go, go, you are not happy. As you are shouting go, you are just trying to excite yourself because boy in a say relationship no ashit. So you see that rejoicing is an outward celebration of something that is supposed to be more durable. But sometimes what we celebrate is not durable. In fact, it doesn't even have direct impact materially in our life. Like Ghana scores ago. You don't collect some of the winning bonus. You are not part of the team. You just rejoice and sometimes you lose your voice. You only just get a Ghana one, but the real people who get glad are the people who betted, the people who have invested. There's a whole football business. A whole football business. One day, I went to Manchester, Old Trafford, to buy jerseys for myself, my wife, and the kids. And then they took me to a tour in the midst of some people. And that tour is charged just for like an hour. And when I came and saw the few things that I bought, almost a thousand pounds. You just buy the just they make your name there straight, straight for you. And I realized, hey, and you have to book and people line up on different nationals every day. Then I realized that those of us shouting behind the television, eh? The real people enjoying this soccer is the people doing business with the soccer. So you see that mercy can make you glad. That inwardly is happening. Privately is happening glad. And outwardly and publicly too is happening. Rejoicing is outward. Gladness is inside. Some people look like something on the outside, but the inside, you know, is Charlie, in some way. But you see that for you to be glad, you really need the mercy of God. That both externally and internally, you will not just be doing some shakara. The thing is real, it's real. Praise the Lord. Some people attend a wedding. And it's a beautiful wedding. So they are happy. They celebrate with the celebrant and all of that. But as they are there, they are thinking, why is that I have a foolish husband? <laughs> How come the beauty of my ceremony did not translate into the beauty of our home? All of us, we are actors. Oh, can just act fine on the outside, but the inside you know, is not well. But this year, you will rejoice and be glad. You shall rejoice and be glad. Beautiful. Praise the Lord. So that's one benefit of mercy. That you will rejoice as a child of God in your salvation. Number two. The mercies of God will guarantee divine preservation of your life. 
mercy of God guarantees divine preservation of lives. Proverbs 20, 28. The Bible said, mercy and truth preserve the king. And his throne is upholding by mercy. Mercy and truth preserve. So the king's life is preserved by mercy. So you see that there is a direct connection between the man who has mercy and the preservation of his life. That a king who sits on a throne surrounded by different spirits is preserved by mercy. That is why it is God that establishes leaders. That's why no matter how fetish you are, you go to the American embassy, that girl in the box who doesn't speak in tongues, you can give birth to that lady in the box, doesn't have any anointing, you are a witch, you are a wizard, you are a grandmaster, whether he can refuse you and you can't do thing. You'll be shocked. That even your idols will be shocked. Because there is a divine preservation for that person sitting on that throne by mercy. Yeah, it's God who put them there and the mercy will preserve them. And your evil spirit cannot influence them. You can be angry, but that's all you can be. So the mercies of God have a direct connection with the preservation of the lives of people. A man that has mercy cannot be wasted easily. When God shows a man mercy, let the hell break loose. God is going to preserve the life of that person. This year, may you and your house be preserved by the mercies of God. Receive mercy for your preservation. Praise the Lord. So you see that there's a direct connection between mercy and the preservation of life. Psalm 61 verse 6 to 7. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. He shall abide before God forever. The man who is encountering mercy is abiding before God forever. And that mercy preserves him. How? Verse 6. You shall prolong the king's life. <laughs> the king that mercy and truth has been prepared for will abide forever. How? God shall prolong. And when God is prolonging your life, nothing will prematurely end your life. Because God is prolonging your life. Anytime anyone tells me, Pastor, I'm going to do a surgery. I'm afraid. I just prayed for one lady last week when we were doing the half night. He said that every prophet says there's a surgery she's supposed to go and do. But three prophets have said that when she does it, she will die. I said, not when we have prayed for you. I said, how are you going to die? Like I was asking the lady, how do you think? By which means? I think that the duty of a prophet is not only to reveal to people what they think God is telling them. 
or whatever he's telling them. But also, you see, the Bible says God reveals to redeem. So there is the revelation aspect of what we have been called to do. And there is the redemption aspect of what we have been called to do. And the man of God, that God deems fit to reveal something to, has also been privileged to make inquisition from the Lord as to how the matter will end. And based on that, help, let me use the word, the sheep by the specific directions or pronouncement of God concerning the matter. But you don't just throw a sheep up and leave the sheep airborne in between heaven and earth. And the sheep will be dangling. How do a prophet tell somebody you are going to do a surgery and you will die? So what should a person do? That's the question now. That's a multi-million question. Because the person is not a prophet. And if it is not God killing the person, then there is a solution. If it is the devil wanting to kill the person, there is a solution. Except it is the Lord that wants to kill the person. But if it is not God who wants to kill the person, you don't tell that person that and let them go. Three of them. That's a very shallow level to operate. Because you need to ask the Lord what the end of the matter is. So I asked the lady, how are you going? How do they say you will die? Because there is a redemption. God doesn't waste revelation like that. No. The devil is a bastard. So how do you tell that person that there is redemption in the blood of Jesus? The mercy says your life shall be prolonged. Praise the Lord. And if the devil wants to kill somebody, we cover the person with the message of the Lord. The blood of Jesus will speak for that person. So, the work of the prophet does not end with announcement. I came to announce unto you that you are going to die. Is that all? You are an announcer. Something that a journalist can do. No. You see that even when Jeremiah has been told that you guys are going into bondage for 70 years, he goes back into intercession. There is more. Praise the Lord. He said, the Lord shall prolong. Somebody say, my heritage. It's a prolonged life. Because of the message of the Lord. Put your hand on your hand. Say, because of the message of the Lord. No witch will be able to cut short my life. My life shall be prolonged in the mighty name of Jesus. Have you seen that because of mercy, God is prolonging your life? That's the mercy of God. He uses that to prolong our lives. And so that's the first thing God does. He just prolongs our lives. And once he prolongs our lives, Psalm 94, verse 16 to 18. God does something extraordinary also by mercy. Look at what God does. He prolongs our lives and then he makes sure that he holds the slippery feet and soul from disaster. He said, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? 17. Unless the Lord had been my help, 
my soul had almost dwelt in silence. He said, when I said, my foot slipped, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Evildoers, wicked people are after me. That's 16. That's spiritually would have been captured. Is God talking to somebody now? Except that the Lord helped him. What kind of help did God give? So this is the soul level. Then he said that spiritually, his foot, unless the Lord helped me, he said, I cried out, I am sleeping. Uh, have you been to ICU when somebody is going before? Some people see that their soul has even come out of their body. But your unfailing love, oh Lord, supported me. When your feet have slipped in a slimy alley, this one here, you are inside. You see that the mercy of the Lord is what holds you. When I said, my foot slipped, oh, thy mercy, oh Lord, held me up. The mercy of the Lord will hold you up. This year, anything that wants your soul to enter the grave and your feet to slip into trouble, into imminent danger, disaster, the message of the Lord shall hold you up. May the message of the Lord hold your family, hold your business, hold your soul, hold your finance, hold your health. Your feet will not enter into any disaster. Your soul shall not be captured. May you be preserved in the name of Jesus. When sickness wants to take over, let the mercy of the Lord hold you up in the mighty name of Jesus. When the demons gang up against you, mercy will hold you up. I said mercy will hold you up. I said the mercy will hold you up. In the name of Jesus Christ. May God show you mercy and hold you up. Sometimes you see that you have entered the soup of disgrace. You are just sleeping. Oh, you know that they said the deadline they gave you. you know, Abba. The deadline. Oh, yeah, like you are going to court and you know that the matter is not good. This one is like mercy. Just the mercy of God will just hold you up. Like that. As your feet were slipping, oh, he said the mercy. Kai. He said, if the Lord had not helped me, and how did God help him? Showing him mercy. He said, my soul would have entered the grave in silence. Said, there are some things that they can be killing you silently. Secretly, it's killing you. By the mercies of God. Praise the Lord. I've heard many people saying that I thought I was ill with this. I went to the hospital, and when I went to the hospital, they discovered what would have killed me. Is God showing him somebody mercy? Praise the Lord. So mercy there, it will preserve your soul. This year, none shall be lost in our midst. And no business shall also be lost in our midst. No child shall be lost in our midst. No pregnancy, nothing shall be lost. Shout a better amen. Have you seen what God is doing? He holds us up. When we are sleeping, first he prolongs our lives. And then in the course of our lives, whilst we are tripping here and there, sleeping here and there, he holds us what? Up. I'm breaking it down for somebody here. Now, in Genesis chapter 19, verse 18 to 24, we see a summation 
of the benefit of mercy of all that I have said together. We see Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. God is about to destroy that nation. And here in verse 18, and Lot said unto them, or speaking to the angels, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant has found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. The magnification of the mercy is what Lot is saying that was shown him to save his life. So, when there is an imminent destruction, God will cause his mercy to alter momentarily to secure the life of the one whom he is showing mercy. When the destruction has been predetermined, then momentarily, because the mercies were magnified unto Lord, the wife already has become a pillar of salt. He said, because the mercies were multiplied, may mercy be multiplied unto you, Lord. He said, you have saved my life because mercies were multiplied, magnified unto me. Look at the scripture again. It's very powerful. Behold now, thy servant has found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. How was his life saved? When God magnified his mercy unto him. And I cannot escape to the mountains. Lest some evil take me and I die. So this one. He has been saved from Sodom and Gomorrah. By the mercy being magnified unto him. And they are telling him go to the mountains. So that you escape. He said no. I cannot be saved from one trouble. And I enter another trouble. Because if I get to the mountains. An animal will catch me and chew me. So they have to show him another mercy. That's why he's saying that mercy was magnified unto him. Because get out was enough mercy. Let's burn everything there. You know, get out. Is that not enough mercy? And he made a request in the middle of the mercy they showed him. That where you are telling me to go. Okay. When an angel said go to the mountain. It will only take mercy for you to say, please, let me change the course. And why? It's just the mercy that makes you to be able to negotiate for your preservation. Go to the mountains and escape. He said, no. Ah, angel pa. This time mountain. No, look at what he did. What he did. It's powerful. Because mercy had been magnified. He said, behold now, this city is near to flee unto. There is an option. And it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall what? Live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Because, But because Lord said, Oh, let me enter this small one. He said, I have accepted. So this one will be exempted. Preservation. Praise God. Say, mercy, Lord, locate my head. Please, when there is imminent danger, this guy is making negotiations and securing his soul on the platform of mercy. 
And let's read some more. Haste thee, escape thee that. For I cannot do anything till thou become thee that. Therefore, this angel says that I have the touch right. But because I have shown you mercy, I am suspending momentarily the bombing of the place because I need you to get out. Mercy. Eh? The time is even up for the distraction to happen. But mercy is just holding it down. Keeping it. Suspending it. Momentarily is just holding the time. Angel said, I cannot touch the place until you are out because mercy had been magnified unto Lord. May mercy be magnified unto you and your house. That amen should be louder than it is. Messages like this, it's a spiritual. It's a spirit God is introducing into your destiny. So receive it in Jesus' mighty name. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zohar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom. When he entered into that small city, then God just rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Heaven was held back because somebody had been shown mercy. Distraction was held back because somebody had been shown mercy. Please, when a man is shown mercy eh, they are on a different level. So, Lord was shown mercy. The wife was not shown mercy. I don't know why. He just looked back. Oh, they said, don't look back. I want to ask a question. Don't look back. You will turn into a pillar of salt. And quickly go to the mountain. So that your soul will be saved. This one disobeyed and looked back. And became a pillar of salt. Lord disobeyed in going to the top of the mountain. And he was still negotiating. Is it fair? Okay. Listen. First instruction. Don't look back. You become a pillar of salt. Second instruction. Go to the top of the mountain or you will be destroyed. It's also not an instruction. The woman disobeyed. Did the man not disobey as well? Why is that he didn't die? When you are dealing with people, eh? Check your own level of mercy. Sure, there are exemptions. So, okay, the same Sodom and Gomorrah. The instruction is that nobody should look back. Abraham was standing on top of the mountain. He was looking at the fire burning like that. He didn't die. The same Sodom that nobody should look into. He was just looking at the place burning. He didn't become a pillar of salt. Are we the same? Some people have exemptions of mercy. Yeah. So he said that Abraham is looking into Sodom. That people have been forbidden from looking into. And he is not becoming a pillar of salt. Mercy is at work. Lord, they say, go to the mountain. He said, no, I want to enter here. He never became a pillar of salt. The woman was told, Lord's wife, don't look back. She looked back. She also disobeyed instruction. But she did. She became a pillar of salt. May you be the person whom mercy will be magnified in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. So for a preservation of life, what do you need to activate this mercy for the preservation of your life? Tonight, let's talk about just one key. Absolute obedience to God. And I want you to bring a dash there. Keeping covenant through obedience to God's words. Keeping covenant through obedience. To God's word. 
Absolute obedience. There are covenant to keep through God's word. What is the word of God saying concerning my covenant? When you keep it in absolute obedience, this message we are talking about becomes yours. Praise the Lord. Psalm 25 verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. So the people who keep the covenant and based on the word of God, the testimonies, are the people who walk on all the paths of the Lord that lead toward mercy. So we can't be in church and be talking about how powerful mercy is. You may qualify, but you may never be able to appropriate it because you are not willing to follow the covenant path or the path of the Lord. Our mercy, our what? For which people? Unto such. Unto which people? As do what? Keep his word covenant. When I am honoring God with my first fruit, I am keeping that covenant for me to walk in that path of mercy. When I'm honoring God with that tithe, I am keeping the covenant to walk in the path of mercy. When I am giving God my body in holiness, I am keeping my covenant of purity and maintaining the temple of the Holy Ghost so that I walk on the path of what? Mercy. When I'm honoring God based on a vow, when I'm going out there because the, the covenant commission is that go out there and win souls. And when I keep that covenant, I am doing that so that I will walk in the path of what? Mercy. Is God speaking to somebody? We can't be talking about mercy, 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 mercy. The, the Bible says mercy is obtainable. I obtained mercy. So mercy is something that you must secure. And there are keys that will guarantee mercy in your life. And if you miss those keys, you'll be locked behind that door. One of the keys is absolute obedience. Many people in church have a covenant with God that they don't keep in obedience. They don't keep. Yeah. Like this first route we are talking about, we have given up to end of February. Some people will say, once January is gone, oh, like where? Don't joke with your covenant, though. Don't be playing around. So we play around and then we come back and we try and accuse God. Covenant is sacred. It's sacred. Keep the covenant. In absolute obedience. In what? Absolute obedience. To such as keep. This is what the word is saying. I stand by the word, I keep it. I'm not going to frustrate my destiny. Let the mercy flow into my life. Is God talking to somebody? Yeah. For your life to be preserved, you need mercy. For that mercy to be on ground, absolute obedience to your covenant. Based on the word of God. Not based on somebody buffing you by the water side. Though. Based on what the Bible has said. What did the word of God say? Not based on what man promised you. Psalm 119 verse 124. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy. 
And teach me thy what? Status. The dealings of God according to mercy is directly connected to your obedience to his word. Teach me thy status. What is the essence of teaching somebody who is not going to follow? Is it teaching? Now I say teaching. No. Teach me to apply wisdom, to obey, to keep. Look at the scripture. Deal with thyself. There's a way that God will be dealing with you based on his mercy. Deal with me according to thy mercy. And that one, if that will happen, somebody must embrace total, absolute obedience to the status, to the commandment, to the word. To the covenant statutes. They don't change them like that. Too. When God is saying I'm a covenant keeping God. He's dealing with things that don't just change. If you don't change towards those things. The covenant will work in mercy for you. Praise the Lord. So sometimes people negotiate themselves away from the tithe. You negotiate yourself away from the first fruit. You negotiate away from a vow you yourself have made to God. You want to negotiate away from hey, who's right here? Mercy. You have vowed to go. You have just a God. This one that you delivered me from this debt. I won't drink again. I won't follow a woman again. God. Mejai. Keep it all. You may forget. God never forgets. Keep it. Lead me in the path of your mercy. Deal with me according to your mercy. Absolute obedience. Praise the Lord. In Deuteronomy 7.12, he said, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy father. So you see that God will keep the covenant and the mercy. There is a direct connection between the mercy and the covenant. And you keeping the commandment and the judgment. Keeping and doing them. The covenant operates on mercy. That mercy operates on you having absolute obedience to God. And the covenant between you based on what the word has said. There's a document you should obey. The voice of God. The word of God. That's why we can't live our lives anyhow. And be shouting mercy. No. Mercy is not for reckless living. No, no, no. It's not for reckless living. People who call God for mercy. They call God for mercy on the platform of very diligent and absolute living obedience to God. So you say, show me mercy. Praise the Lord. It's not to be going to be doing abortion left, right, center, following people's husband left, right, center, stealing here left, right, center, and then you come and I say, show me mercy. Tell somebody, don't be doing anyhow, anyhow, and be shouting mercy. I see your covenant speaking for you this year. As you obey the covenant, God will show you mercy in the name of Jesus. Yeah, some of you, you are going to prosper so much this year. Yeah. Because you see that you have heard some things that they have elevated you from ground level to a high level. And God is going to show you mercy. Put your hand on your head. Say, I see mercy flowing into my life as I obey God and my covenant. 
I see mercy flowing, mercy flowing. Say mercy flow in the mighty name of Jesus. Prosperity shall flow in your direction. Long life will flow in your direction. May the Lord cause you to rejoice in your salvation. May you have preservation of your soul. Receive preservation and long life. May the Lord prolong your life. May the Lord hold up your destiny. Your life will not be entrapped. Your feet will not enter the pit. That distraction coming your way. God will hold it back and show you mercy. Shall I receive mercy? Mercy from the Lord. Lift your hands. Say, Father, tonight is your night of mercy. I want you to preserve my life and the life of my family. Say, Holy Ghost. Say, Holy Ghost. Preserve my life and that of my family. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say, Father, let my feet not slip into the pit. Let my soul not enter the grave. Preserve my soul and that of my family. Can you open your mouth? Say, Father, let the blood of Jesus preserve my soul and that of my family members. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say, as I pray right now, I soak every member of my family into your blood. And I pray for preservation. Preservation. Prolong our lives. In the name of Jesus. Stop our feet from entering the pit. In the name of Jesus. Can you open your mouth and begin to pray? paraya. Ekota zada bahakuata kelebehe, langa la bahato zepre degerede, laguataleza, 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 laguataleza. Come on now, somebody pray. Preservation of your life, Father, preserve my life. Lequadesa Peradosa, preserve my life. Recomaratosa Pea, Itagalado Sota, in the blood of Jesus, preserve my life in the blood. Rabo, lift your hands now. Say, Holy Ghost, preserve my life in the face of the COVID. Let my life be preserved. Show me mercy, Lord. Open your mouth and pray right now in the face of the COVID. Father, preserve my life in the name of Jesus. Show me mercy. Show my family mercy. Show our church mercy. Show your children mercy. Cantala barigaba, atula baregere bosa, katua legere belegere, atele belegere bo, atala balagado, atua legereso, atala barada, ikorazole, ikanabasa, atola baya. In the face of the COVID, Father, preserve, 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 preserve. Marada bahata, kada bahata, rabada bahata, atala bahata, atala bahata, 
Lift your hand, say, Father, preserve my soul, our souls from entering the grave. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and pray by your mercy. Preserve our souls from entering the grave by your mercy. Mashagua Telebe, Ikodobaragadaba, Eteleba. Anytime you are on the road, anytime you go to bed, wherever you go, you will return safely. May your soul be preserved. May your soul be preserved. Marato Sape. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.